Hello and welcome back to ESPN Scrum Reset for this bonus pod following the second tester. Another dramatic encounter down there between the Wallabies and France, this time at Amy Park in Melbourne. Uh, the French turning the tables on the Wallabies. Christy Doran in the final minutes with that massive scrum shove, uh, the penalty from referee James Dolman and uh, the French fullback Jaminet just doing as he did throughout uh, the 80 minutes down there. Perfectly splitting the posts. Um, Christy, thanks for joining us, mate, again today. Um, let's get straight into it. Uh, the Wallabies uh, dominated territory and possession again, but they're just making hard work of it, aren't they? Uh, their attacking breakdown was a mess. That allowed France to um, pretty much just march upfield from the penalties and and build the lead that they uh, they only relinquished for a, a momentary period following Michael Hooper's try and the, the penalty that followed after that. But you cannot begrudge them the victory in this one. Uh, they were the better side. I think, firstly, you've got to acknowledge that this is shaping up and it's already been a great series, but this is a, a series that should be gripping rugby fans, I think, and even the casual supporter. Uh, last night, when uh, Tuesday night's second test in Melbourne, I thought was a, was a cracker. It had a bit of everything. It had a Wallaby side that was prepared to run the ball they had a French team that was very hard on it. They took their penalties. They, they showed that French flair with the chart of Damien Pinot, uh, which was a brilliant piece of counter-attacking rugby. But where was the defence? One might ask too. Um, you're right. The, the, the breakdown was really the issue for the Wallabies all night. And it's been an issue for a, a long, long time. You think back to the, the Michael Checker sides, even with a player like um, David Pocock, you know, someone who's just so good in that area. But the counter-attacking ruck and breakdown, it, it comes down to everyone knowing their role um, and the backs being able to get on the ball too. And Jonathan Dante just destroyed the Wallabies, as he did in Brisbane, but he's done it again in the second test. And ultimately, that's the win. I question some of the decision-making, particularly early on, when you prepared to, from penalties inside your own half, run the ball, um, two quick taps, the first by Jake Gordon, which um, was effective. It was through the rack, but it was that was in, in, intuitive of, of what we've known from Jake Gordon as a halfback prepared to run it. But then it was just a bit of a mind-boggling, head-scratching decision when you see Tom Banks, this is after 30 seconds, um, shape to kick and then uh, play on quickly. They, they spread the ball through their hands and moments later, Hunter Paisami coughs up the ball. There was this, the Wallabies have this ability to be so frantic early on and not settle their way into a game that they're often chasing their tails. And it's the same story that we see so often that the Wallabies trail, they show some fight back around the 30 minute mark and then once again around the 70 minute mark. But too often are these, um, I think, basic errors uh, and not knowing how to play test rugby come back to bite the Wallabies. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, I think not knowing how to play test rugby there is an excellent point, Christy. Um, they're playing super rugby in test rugby for me. Um, everyone wants to see uh, the Wallabies attack. We know that's the Australian way, but we also know that to win test test matches, sorry, and, and high quality test matches against really, you know, top five opposition as this French side is, albeit without a few few key players. We've seen the depth that they've got in this squad and, and how well they're building towards the next World Cup and, and how tough they're going to be they are going to be to beat at home. Um, but just as simple things I, I see in the game and and people will talk about Marika Corabetti and Corambetti, sorry, and 
and the wonderful game he had um, almost scored the try that set the game or did score the try. It was called back for a, for a team over from a clear knock on from Tom Wright. But for me, the one big thing that stood out is just that the front, the French, the front, the front, I'll, tr- I'll start again. France kicked to him basically from, from every restart. And surely they know that's the reason the reason they do that is because he's just going to bring the ball out. He's not going to kick it. He's not going to offload. And that sets in chain the Wallabies' exit strategy, of which there is, you know, it's, it's pretty risky, that ball, high ball retention, side to side, um, high turnover of phases to work their way upfield. And France know that they eventually are going to get a chance to attack that Wallabies' breakdown. Um, without yeah. fail, they kick to Corombetti every time. That's a strategy. They know what's coming. They're able to put that defensive ball up and wait um, for the Wallabies to either isolate themselves uh, with a with a half break, which you know, let's face it, they did on a couple of occasions. Just those couple of extra meters, um, the supporting uh, Wallabies players don't get there in time to to make the breakdown, uh, an inefficient clean out, um, or just not getting that initial hit, um, and you've got a turnover and, and France are, are back downfield and, and are taking three points not long after. So, yeah, it's that's the big thing that there's still. It's the same old lessons for the Wallabies for me, and they're not learning them. Um, it looked a lot like an old, uh, a Michael Checker Wallabies performance to me at times. Um, and Dave Rennie, this whole time he's been on about uh, this Wallabies team needing to kick smart. They didn't do that last night. He mentioned it in the, the post-match press conference about kicking on the front foot. I'd like to see a little bit more of that. Um, perhaps, you know, two or three phases after Corin Betty sets you up with that great ball run. If it does take you outside of the 22, then kick it straight down the field. Um, the middle of the field, sorry. Um, it, it's just playing right into opposition hands and it really needs to be addressed before Saturday night. It, it seemed like they were somewhat confused, the back three. I know Drew Mitchell, one of Australia's great wingers, and wouldn't it be good to have someone like him in, in that squad at the moment? But I, I don't mind knowing what Marika Corabetti can do because he is so effective. But it's when you have all three backs, outside backs, that seemingly have a desire to run the ball at all costs, that it really comes back to haunt you. Um, we saw Noel Alessio uh, and, and Tom Wright, um, as well as Tom Banks, um, pass the ball between each other on a couple of occasions. And we saw that in Brisbane as well, where an inside ball went to the deck. Uh, we saw last night Tom Wright make a mule of it once. Um, Territory is so important in Test Match Rugby. It's more important than possession. And we saw... Um, the the French back three, as soon as they're on their own 22, kicking the ball along, getting clear and waiting for errors. And they did happen. And you're right about the, um, the lack of, the lack of urgency, probably we saw Tom Banks make a, a, a break as well from a, um, a ball that spilled out from the French ruck. Uh, but the Wallabies were just far too slow to react, to get there and to clear that first man who just clamped down on it so, so well. Um, where do the Wallabies turn to? I just think that they need to be, yeah, more basic. Uh, they, they need to, you know, we, 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 I think a lot of people lamented how much the Wallabies kicked in Brisbane, but they kicked on their own terms and they kicked for um, to get the ball back. I don't think we saw that. Uh, we didn't really see them kick at all to try to get the ball back. The couple of box kicks were quite passive from Jake Gordon. We, yeah, didn't, see chased as well. we didn't see a good um, kick chase at all. So that's something that Matt Taylor will be, I think, quite furious with really, the, the, particularly the second one, which allowed a, a clean line break, um, was, was poor. And once again, the Achilles heel of the line out struggled 
Um, with Brandon Payne-Romosa missing a couple. Lockie Lonigan struggled when he came on. He missed a couple of throws as well. And then, of course, when we did win one, or the Wallabies win one, we saw him not peel off and go to the left, but instead go to the blind side, which is just the wrong decision when you're up against a very, very big French pack. Indeed. Uh, and, and clearly, you know, um, the Wallabies, they, they did get the try. They were hunting for to, to get themselves back into the match and and then, of course, um, cleared their line well on this particular occasion to get back down and, and get the penalty that uh, Noah Lolasio slotted um, beautifully. And, and he had a wonderful night from the kicking tee. Probably his best game in that number 10 shirt so far, Christy. Um, I know you, you had praise for, for Tom Banks as well. Um, who probably hadn't performed the way he would have liked at the test level as yet. Um, otherwise, I thought Tom Wright had a pretty unhappy night. Um, surely must under, be under a little bit of pressure there, you would think, to hold his position for Saturday night. Um, but let's let's look at the halves, mate. Um, James O'Connor is apparently nearing, you know, uh, peak fitness again and, and could come into consideration. Um, Tate McDermott, while I don't think he quite had the same impact as he did in Brisbane on the weekend, showed some good signs. Um, I thought Jake Gordon was a little bit better, mind you, as well. Uh, what would you do with the, with the 9 and 10 for, for Brisbane uh, this weekend? It's a, it's a conundrum, isn't it? Um, do, you, do you make changes knowing that it might actually, um, the continuity, um, there might be a bit of disharmony? I, I thought, actually, the halves were much better. You know, even Lola Seo, um, the, 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 the break that Tom Banks had at the end uh, which set up the try. That came from a Noel CEO inside ball. Um, he was great off from the kicking tee. Um, and Jake Gordon ran the ball uh, and ran the ball pretty well and astutely at times too. Um, I thought it was very clever from the from the uh, Taniela Tupo um, jumping into to scrum half. Everyone in the world thought he was going to run that and pick and drive, but. Jake Gilden peels off the back, recognising a bit of space. They know Taniela too broken ball when he fires it. Yeah, that was smart. I, I, I quite simply would have James O'Connor come onto the bench. He hasn't played for a while. I think if things are going pear-shaped in that in that third test, um, you bring him in. I don't know if you need um, Lenny Ikatau and Andrew Kellaway. We know Kellaway can cover 13 at a, at a pinch. Um, we know that he can cover in the outside backs too. Um I don't think it, I don't think you want to make mass changes in this back line. I think there's going to have to be a couple of changes in the forward pack though, because to back up four days later is a, is a hell of an effort. Um, Ken, I think you probably just switch Taniela and Allen again, and you go here's 30 minutes for you, Taniela, or 40 minutes. Um, Brandon Payangamosa, I think he's going to have to go again. Lockie Lonigan, we saw probably at the moment he's he's going to have to get probably put on a couple of kilos. He looks a bit light, doesn't he? he looks a little bit light. I think Angus Bell has been great off the bench. I, I really think he's a quality player. I think minor tweaks, even a Sitaleki Tamani, to have a bit more command um, around uh, the second row. I still think the second row is a bit light for, for my liking. The leg drive's not quite there. And you lack that that player like the Eben Etzebeth or your, your Brody Retallix, your Mario Tojas, who's just a really commanding person out in the field. The Wallabies don't have that. The back row, I think, was was pretty good. Um, Harry Wilson a little bit quieter than you would hope, but maybe Lockie Swinton comes into the into the reckoning to just try to add a bit of um, real fire. Um, 
but I wouldn't be making wholesale changes. And I think if you do that, we're going to see what we saw in the first game with the Wallabies thing a little bit on the back foot. I think one one last point on the on the on the on the side. I think Tom Banks is at times a little bit deep in attack. We saw in the I think it was in the 29th minute, Matt Tamura pass out the back and, and Banks is five, 10 meters behind the game line, and it allows the French to um, to slide. In defence, and then a minute later, we saw the Wallabies turn over Noel Alessio, having to give himself some more time, and ends up giving away a penalty. And that was because we've gone and out the back play, and Matty Tamur has done that, and and the French midfield have just swarmed like the Springboks have done previously in, in the 2019 World Cup. I, I think the out-back play is a little bit predictable from the Wallabies, and we've seen them for so so long. Um, You've got to, and that came after some some dominance from the Wallabies front five and their back row. Wouldn't it be great just to see the Wallabies just have show a bit more patience when it gets to the attacking twenty two, particularly on the opposition line? I'd just like to see a little bit more variety too, rather than just a lock on that out the back play. We know there's the option um, instead of going out the back is playing that really nice little short pass between forwards at the line. At the moment, as you said, the, the out-the-back play is, is so predictable and the amount of times that Hunter Paisami is getting trapped in, in very limited space, sure, he's able to, you know, usually poke his head through the line. Um, but when you've got your outside centre being caught behind the game line, like he is on occasions, your forward's having to go back around and to get back, to come through the gate to attack the breakdown, then you're working from behind the eight ball to start with there, aren't you? You're not making your clean out easy, you're not giving yourself as much time as you, you possibly need to get over that ball and recycle and, and move on to the next phase. And and for me, you know, the one or two times that, that Matt Tamua does tuck the ball under his arm and put his head down and, and run there, they're actually getting a bit of pay there through the middle of the field. So it's it's just has the just the, the hallmarks of what was the Michael, the closing years of the Michael Checker era for me at the moment. Um and it should be obvious to the coaching staff and surely should be simple fixes there for Saturday. Um, but I as, wonder, sorry, I, mate. I wonder, Sam, and, and, and tell me what you think. Are, we, are the Wallabies still... Israel Folau's name is, is a real taboo subject in Australian rugby, but the Wallabies haven't found a fullback uh, in the three years that he's not been there. Um, but, you know, Kirtley Bill was in a tussle with Dane Haylett Petty and they both had different strengths. But with no Haylett Petty, no Kirtley Beal and no Israel Folau, the Wallabies' fullback options are so slim at the moment. And I think the lack of size and variety between the 9, 10, 12 and 15 is, is really telling. And even 13 at Hunter, we know he plays above his weight, but, but there's a bit too much sameness about them all. Uh, and even though Tom Banks was, I thought, had one of his stronger games, he doesn't have the presence, the command to draw in players and then be able to offload or ball play like a Kirtley Bill could. I just wonder whether or not at some stage Dave Rennie is going to start to think, I need a fullback here, Kirtley. He's, he's come out on social media recently saying that he wants to play. He's told reporters in France that he wants to play for the Wallabies again. I just, I just think that if, if a solution isn't found by the end of the year, Kirtley Bill could come back into this side. Jeez, he looks like he's having the time of his life in Italy at the moment, doesn't he? Uh, beautiful swimming and uh, eating and drinking. And, uh, yeah, Kirtley, I uh, hope you're enjoying yourself, mate. Um, it's a good point you raised about the fullback. I wonder 
how quickly we're going to see Siliasi Vinavalu potentially come into this team and offer that that leaping yes. outside back option for that cross kick at the moment because when and, you look and Pataya can do it too. When you exactly Jordi Pataya as well, we saw that for the Reds, uh, both guys this season. Because when you've got guys coming up and and shutting down that outside space like the French are doing so well at the moment, you suddenly throw in a, a bloke who can leap, you know, eight, nine, ten feet into the air. Um, in the old scale and and in that space out there that is there. The Wallabies just haven't been able to get it, get the ball out there because that the wingers are rushing in. Um, and as we said before, Paisami in such such dense, heavy traffic there, the space is beyond it. They just haven't been able to, to unlock it or, or find the space uh, closer out to the, the touchline. Yeah, it's interesting, the Vunavalu point particularly. We... <clears throat> Dave Rooney has said it and he's spoken to us about it around the idea that he's interested in what Jordan Bataille can do at fullback. We just know that he's not hardly spent a minute there for the Queensland Reds. Bryce Hegarty is going to be, he's already signed with Leicester. The Reds are going to need to find a fullback. And, and we saw one play a couple of games at the end there for the Super Rugby Trans Tasman season. Mac, Mac Geenley, I think it was. Really, yep, yep. Really, do, does, does Brad Thorne give Geordie Bataille? time there going forward or does he play him on the wing i think the wallabies need to this is where a centralized system comes into effect going what what's what's here best for the interest is it finding out whether geordie Pataille, we know he can be world class we know he's got an x factor does he at some point in time start to get some opportunities there because it is so thin at fullback at the moment across the the nation with a lot of guys um showing similar characteristics, which which you need a point of difference. Um, Vunavalu, we know, has had that hamstring injury. He's been training with them. Um, he's in the Queensland system at the moment. Hopefully, he's, his hamstring comes good because you're right, he does. He will make a presence, and there's not enough presence in that wall of his backline, I think. Let's talk a little bit about the French, mate. Um, obviously, so close in Brisbane. Um, didn't play... A hell of a lot of rugby up there. They played more in Melbourne. And when they did, they looked quite dangerous, particularly through the middle of the paddock. Their success in going through the heart of the Wallabies forwards uh, with pick and goes, one and two out off both nine and ten. Um, they really made easy metres on a couple of occasions and and then had to settle for the penalty. The Wallabies probably fortunate to maybe avoid a yellow card, one more penalty on a couple of occasions and really? someone was going to the bin. Um, but they seemed to really move through the, the heart of the Wallabies' defence quite easily. Um, that's it's going to be some alarm bells there. Um, I think they've they clearly showed that they they built from last week, the French, and they can probably build again. Um, a lot was made of, uh, obviously, some, some big-name emissions, but they've got some amazing depth. And and this is a, they'll be motivated to win their first series here since uh, 1972, I think it is. And on the flip side, condemn the Wallabies to another July, June, July, um, whatever you want to call the inbound mid-year tests um, after having lost to both uh, Ireland and, and England um, in the uh, the years following the, the 2015 World Cup? Yeah, I think the, the French, it, it seemed like a, the simplicity is what, what really stood out to me. Their type five knows that they're just banging it forward. They're picking and driving and there's metres around the ruck. The Wallabies infringed continually. I had to question a couple of the offside calls, um, even on watching on replay. Even Brandon Payangamosa was pinned when his feet were, were definitely behind the last um, feet there. And there was a couple of those occasions where even Lucan Salakai Loto was, was penalised for pushing a bloke um, 
when he was going for Yeah, I, could, I couldn't understand that one. That happens maybe 50 times a game. It does. It was pedantic. It was nitpicking. And that's a, a, an inexperienced referee not quite knowing, you know, just looking to, on ways to penalise rather than actually understanding the game. Um, the French, yeah, the simplicity of their game stood out, but just the size of their pack too. They, they know what they're doing and, and they, um, yeah, the, the scrum at the end, is a, is a is a talking point too. You know, it does if you have a Taniela Tupo, does that happen? I think just Alan Alatoa just missed it there. I think he and there must have been some missed comms with he and Lockie Lonigan not quite getting the shove right, and then they were instantly on the back foot, and it was right roller skates. Um, but it's a it's a big big point. Where's the depth at two, and where's the depth at fifteen for the Wallabies? The French are showing a simple game plan. They're showing how Test match footy has been played. Well, I guess, you know, as for all the neutral fans out there, you've got exactly what you want. You've got um, two teams that have scored exactly the same amount of points mm. um, and two games that have been decided uh, in the final minutes. It's all set up for a fantastic conclusion at Suncorp Stadium. Um, I wondered this morning on social media whether this game would be moved to, to Channel 9's main channel. I was told apparently that is already the case. Um, I haven't actually had that confirmed as yet. That's a fantastic um, arrangement for for Australian rugby um, to have that you know that blue ribbon slot on a Saturday night like they did for the the Super Rugby AU final. Um, it's all set up and and all it needs now for Australian rugby is for the Wallabies to bounce back and and get this win and that can you know set things in motion for a, for a far better season to come for the rest of the year. If they lose this, they start behind. Um, they have to work their way back again. Uh, three straight lettuce loads, as we know, to open the year again against the All Blacks. To sorry to open the, the rugby championship. Um, it's a crucial, crucial game Saturday night. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, it is a crucial game, um, it, and it happens every year. No nation in the world has to face the All Blacks three matches in a row. Few of these nations have to actually face. Uh, we know that the All Blacks do. We know that the Springboks do it on, on occasions too, which is face a top-tier nation three matches in a row. It, it doesn't happen up in, up, up in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, but there's, there's 13, 14 tests this year for the Wallabies. Um, you're right, though. It's important to, to, particularly in Brisbane, to keep the momentum in Queensland alive. Um, but, but just as importantly, I think, is it's got to be recognised the Springboks ended up sacking their coach in, in 2017 after a, a disappointing year. Um, they bring in Razia Erasmus and things didn't go to plan immediately in 2018. But by 2019, the World Cup year, they knew where they were. So I don't think it's a matter of if the Wallabies lose it here, there's pressure on this coaching team immediately. I think it, it comes down to knowing where are we going to get to and who are the players that are going to get us to the World Cup? Who are going to, who's going to be there in 2023? Because there's still a few players in that side where you go, are these guys going to be world-class players then? And if they're not, who can get us there? And I think once again, it's going to start to ask the question, which European and Japanese-based players might actually really help this team? Because you look at like Asamu Karevi, and I know he's going to the Olympics and it's going to be a great thing for the seven side, but Samu Karevi would be adding a lot to this side in the midfield, I think. He would add a bit of variety, some potency and some size, but he's not the only one. And, and those questions will start to be asked thick and fast the more the defeats add up, unfortunately. 
All right, mate. Well, we, we better put our, our necks on the line and and officially uh, come up with a prediction for Saturday night. I think the Wallabies, with some some minor changes and just a, a far greater focus and, and urgency was the big word that Dave Rennie used after last night at the breakdown. They can write that. They can win this game. And, and, and I'm sure it's going to be another tight encounter. Um, but I feel like they've got the more upside in them to this point with those small changes and a little bit more thought into their exits and exactly, you know, kicking smarter and playing a little bit more for territory and, and doing the little things that, that make test rugby that little bit extra special from say super rugby or club rugby anywhere around the world. They write those, they'll come away with a win. So uh, I'm going to go 30, 25 to the Wallabies in Brisbane. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad shout, actually. And, and I must admit, I've been a little bit wrong. I thought that the Wallabies would have been much better in this second test, and I was surprised by the tactics, particularly the fact that they did not kick from deep in their own territory and play a more territory game. And in addition to that, and I've already, this is just reiterating it, playing on quickly from penalties inside the open 10 minutes was a, an absolute head scratcher. But if they uh, play with some more test smarts, there's no doubt that this team is good enough to win. Um, it's a matter of, of playing smarts and composure. And, and that's why I think the inclusion of the James O'Connor off the bench would be really important um, for this team because he's a bloke who made the decision right more, more often than not the right decision in Super Rugby. I think the Wallabies maybe inside five points can win this, but we know that in big matches and historically over the last five, six years, they've really struggled to win the when the series has been on the line. So it's it's going to be a gripping match. Enjoy it. Yeah, fantastic series. And, and there's just a little bit of, um, you know, momentum and feeling around Australian rugby at the moment. If they can get the win at Saturday, that will only uh, kick on again, you would think. Uh, Christy, mate, as always, thanks very much for the time. And uh, we look forward to... Uh, following your preview and, and everything in the lead up and of course a busy wash up following Saturday night.